0: Welcome to TechNATO with Don Pezet, featuring CIS Admin expert Don Pezet, DevOps engineer Justin Dennison, security specialist Daniel Lowry, and Peter.
1: Hello and welcome to TechNATO with Don Pizzette. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, joined by Don Pizzette over there. Don, how's it going? It is going great. Excited about today's show. And uh, Justin dressed up for today. Justin, how's it going over there? It's going. Did you just say
0: Peter Van Rys damned? Did I? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did. All right, well, let's start. Uh, You're you <laughs> forty and slipped. Himself. How yeah. you feel about the podcast? Uh, <laughs> uh, I was also distracted during our intro. I look like a different person than the person in our intro. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, yeah, that guy
1: dressed up.
2: It yeah. just shows how replaceable you are. Yep. And man. we, yeah,
1: we'll get to that later. <laughs> and we have uh, Daniel Lowry up there. Daniel, how's it going?
3: Man, shut your mouth. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Always
1: on brand. Thank you so much. And we are joined today by a special guest, Balaji Parimi, who is the founder and CEO of Cloud Security. How are you doing?
4: Okay. No complaints. How are you guys?
1: Uh, we are good. Thank you so much for joining us in this uh, this crazy time in the world. From from your home, or are you are you guys in the office?
4: So from home.
1: From home. All right. Lovely. Uh, well, uh, like I said, Balaji is the uh, founder and CEO of Cloud Knox, and I personally don't know much about Cloud Knox. Let's go ahead and get to know Cloud Knox and Balaji in our first segment:
0: rapid-fire questions.
1: Who do you work for?
4: What's new? Who are you? What's happening? What's wrong with you?
0: All right. So this is a five-minute segment where we're going to ask you some questions. You have 45 seconds to a minute to answer. You go over time. Peter's going to bust you, and we're going to move on. Peter's going to take the first question. <laughs> All right, let's do it. So, uh, what is Cloud
1: Knox? I'm assuming, based on the name, it's like kind of a tribute to Fort Knox. So, very high security.
4: Yes, yes, spot on. Cloud Knox is a permissions management platform for hybrid and multiple clouds. We manage user and machine permissions across these clouds. Cloud is a very automated and highly um, critical part of the any organization's infrastructure we focus on protecting that
0: so there are you know very many risks and rewards whenever you're moving to the cloud what are some of the more kind of the greater benefits for an enterprise if they're going to move to the cloud
4: the speed agility and scale i mean an application can be deployed in a cloud literally within few minutes and you can scale up the number of server to literally within few clicks. That has never been the case. I've been working as an engineer for, for about 25 years. Never been uh, the, the case with, with the kind of benefits that cloud provides.
2: So I know we, we read about breaches all the time. You know They, they hit the, the newswire. We wire. We different company. Company XYZ is getting hit each week. And when they're on-prem, I, I know I feel like I have a little more control over the systems. When I've got things deployed in the cloud, I feel like more people could possibly attack it. From your point of view, since you protect these servers, what, what do you see these attackers going after? Are they just trying to get like PII or open database? What, what's their target?
4: So basically from an on-prem to cloud perspective, the only difference is the perimeter. So in an on-prem place, you had a perimeter and now in a, in a cloud, the perimeter is kind of dissipating. But the level of automation, the level of risk is exactly the same, whether we are private or public, because the automation is such that all it takes is a one-liner to do pretty much anything. And stealing data is one aspect of it, but I've known many public incidents where are demanding ransom and they're engaging in crypto mining, et cetera, et cetera.
3: Let me ask you this real question. We're getting deep into the security here. We've seen huge data breaches here within the last few years. It's just becoming commonplace. Of course, one of the larger ones that comes to mind is the one like Equifax. Have you seen that companies now are starting to push better and greater security because of that? How, how are you seeing companies respond to massive data breaches such as that?
4: Yeah, I mean, every company wants to do everything they can to make sure that these kinds of incidents don't happen because nobody wants to be in the headlines. So the the issue is the attackers have to be right only once in their entire lifetime or in any gazillion price that they do, but the defenders have to succeed every single time. And with the level of innovation that is happening, they, they, there is always... Some some new attack vectors that these attackers could come out in in a new way. Whereas the defenders, if you look at the number in an enterprise, there may be a thousand attackers running for an enterprise, and there may be less than fifty people that are trying to protect that. The I mean, so that's it's always going to be the case, but I mean the odds are we have to be right every single time. The attackers need to be right only once. That's why these things are happening because. And enterprises are reacting fairly quickly and making good plans to not to get into that kind of situation in the first place.
1: Yeah, we're still waiting for that that first time that Justin is right. Um, <laughs> but it has not come up yet. So I'm curious, uh, going back to, you know, you're not only the CEO, but you are the founder of well as well. So what led you to, to start Cloud Knox? Why did you say, hey, this is something I'm uh, that, that I need to f- fill this void in the market?
4: Yeah, I mean, early in my career, I was an early employee at uh, VMware, where virtualization is the foundation for all the cloud computing, all AWS, Azure, GCP, all these things are built on top of the virtualization aspect of it. I was the technical lead there, building a lot of those systems. And then after that, I moved on to a SaaS company where I was managing hybrid clouds using both on-prem and public cloud combination. A lot of the problems that I was trying to solve there so that I'm not in the headlines, uh, what was the motivation behind starting this company?
1: That makes sense. All right. Well, uh, while we have a cloud expert here, I want to uh, go ahead and take advantage of your expertise and, and get, some, uh, get some input on our first segment here, which is science and technology news.
0: Stay tuned for science and technology. And now, back to the Anchor Desk.
1: That's us. We are the anchor desk. <laughs> uh, all right, so the article that we're looking at here is uh, titled Large Cloud Providers Much Less Likely Than Enterprises to Get Breached. And so, uh, I mean, I know you said that some of the benefits are how quickly you can deploy to the cloud, but but also it sounds like there's a, a great benefit here that, uh, you know, you, your your stuff might be a little bit safer. So can you tell us a little bit about this uh, this research that's out from Coal Fire? Yeah, I
4: mean, so the thing is uh, with cloud infrastructure, part of your infrastructure is managed and secured by other uh, by external providers, right? I mean, like I said, when you look at somebody at AWS or Azure or GCP, you're looking at thousands and thousands of people trying to protect their entire infrastructure. If you had the similar type of infrastructure within your own environment, you're looking at a much, much, much lower number. And within the shared responsibility model, the cloud providers have more resources in terms of everything, humans, capital, and research and all these kinds of things. So obviously they are going, they they, they have the firepower to do a lot more. Whether it is network intrusion or vulnerabilities or physical security, any of these kinds of things because of the sheer scale. And also their main focus is just on that side of things.
2: Now, I, I'm always curious, like, you know, on-prem, I just have one environment to protect, but when we deploy in the cloud, right, now we've got maybe Mm -hmm. multiple uh, regions or availability zones we're dealing with, you know, we spread our deployment out to take advantage of that. We could even go multi-cloud, and it seems like that would increase our risk. I, you know, the article's almost counterintuitive, that you'd think everybody knows that AWS exists, and so attackers would target AWS, versus they might not know an enterprise exists and target that specific enterprise. So, an organization like yours, you're helping to protect people that are spread across more than one cloud. Uh, is that a mm-hmm. is that a, a bigger risk when somebody spreads across more than one cloud, or are they protecting themselves?
4: I mean, not necessarily, because you have to know the operating model. So, whether you're like there, there are instances where when you're running on-prem, you could be running uh, VMware, Hyper V, KVM, all these kinds of things. You will have the similar type of heterogeneity in terms of your environment. Um, the biggest difference between a cloud environment and a non-prem is in a non-prem you have that sense of okay everything is in my boundaries so even if I have misconfigurations, I can get away with some of those kinds of things but in reality yeah but for protecting your network of your perimeter, you're employing many many solutions and many many um, employees uh, to to take care of that but once somebody gets into that, it is, exact, I mean, it's no different. Like your misconfigurations and your excessive permissions and all those kinds of problems exist out there too. When you go to cloud infrastructure in the public cloud side of things, a lot of the things that you have to be responsible for, they can take care of those kinds of things. So it, it's, it's a matter of what is more important. Like when it comes to the speed, agility, and scale aspect of it, or do you, do you, do you, can you sacrifice some other kind of stuff? But it's not to say that on-prem is more safer than public cloud, public cloud. It is the responsibility, when you move into a public cloud, you got to pay attention to a lot more other things, like for example, configuration, and managing permissions at fine granularity, in knowing which machines, which users can do what kind of things. So focus is more on that side of things. So it's, 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 it's a balance into figuring out what is your top priority in non-prem versus in a cloud environment. And all these cloud providers are increasingly adding more and more tool sets to make it easier for the cloud users to not get into the situation where they, they, they are making it easy for, for hackers to come in and do damage.
2: Now, I know I'm pretty much an AWS guy. So when I deploy something in the cloud, I go into Amazon's cloud stack and, and deploy there. Uh, I find that you know managing the users is fairly easy. You know They have the whole IAM framework in place, but uh, attackers could potentially get in there and create things if I'm not watching for it. I don't have a lot of experience with managing users in the other platform, and I know you guys cover several different ones. Do you find that all the platforms are kind of equal in how they manage permissions and users, or, or do you find that one platform is better than the
4: others? every platform is completely different. In fact, they're worlds apart. So if you know how to manage, and, and also in terms of uh, managing user permissions, there are multiple um, providers involved. Like for example, every organization have some sort of an identity provider to centralize authentication, whether it is AD or uh, uh, some sort of a uh, SAML based uh, federation system or any of those kinds of things. So authentication comes through that within AWS you need to figure out, okay, once the user is ident- uh, authenticated, how do I manage his permissions? In AWS, there are half a dozen ways that you can do that. If you go to Azure, the model is completely different. If you go to OnPrem, it's a different model. So there is no same exact model across all these cloud providers. Every model is different. Every cloud provider is different.
2: And is that really where Cloud Knox fits in? Like you, you give us one point of view, one, one dashboard that covers all of them.
4: Exactly. So we kind of think, imagine, uh, we came up with a protocol called activity based authorization protocol, we got patents on it. With our protocol, we make it simpler for our customers to manage the permissions of all identities, including machines, bots, access keys, cron jobs and all across all clouds with the same operating model.
1: I bet he, he was just hoping protocol. you would ask that.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was like, <laughs> as a matter of fact, Don, we do. You know, we paid you to ask that question. Uh, I, I should mention this article that we're looking at is from darkreading.com. Uh, so check it out because it's got a lot more uh, statistics uh, and things from the coal fire uh, research that they did that uh, really interesting, and, and to see not only this year, but it's actually references a couple years ago and how things have changed, and, and it looks like things are getting more secure. I don't know if that's um, the, the cloud providers being more secure or... You know, hackers just getting lazy. Um, but but things are things are moving in the right direction, so we're happy about that. Should
0: I get a bunch of money from this corporation, ah, or should I have yeah. another Cheeto? Cheetos, Cheetos another it is. Cheeto. There you go. Man, Barty Miller's on. <laughs>
1: so uh, I, I want to ask you, Balaji, uh, if uh, if people want to find out more about Cloudnox, where do we go? What What's the URL?
4: Cloudnox.io.
1: .io, okay. I always have to ask these yeah. days, because it's... Yeah. So you know, it, you know they
0: mean business when they got a dot IO though.
1: Yeah. That no, it, yeah, it's like it's like the startup uh, domain of choice. Yeah. So, yeah. I like that. Uh, and uh, recently, you guys uh, won an award. Is that correct? Yes. What was it?
4: China 16 Innovators Award.
1: Innovators Award, very cool. Well, congratulations on that. And uh, uh, any other any other news Thanks. going on with you guys? Uh, Daniel, applause there. Uh, Any other uh, announcements or or upcoming events or anything like that?
4: Yeah. I mean, Gartner recently created a category for the work that we've been doing in this space, uh, and they named it School Vendor. And the category is called CIEM, Cloud Infrastructure Entitlement Management. And uh, um, it's great to be uh, the leaders in the new category that's been come up. By big analysts like Gartner
1: or other guys. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. If you want to check that out, and and uh, and all the information is there on cloudnox.io, uh, cloudnox with an X, not cks, because cloudnox is it's a, it's a cloud a totally for thing. us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to, not hard fortnox, Fort right. Knox, think Fort Knox. So cloudnox.io. Uh, well, thank you so much, Palagi, for uh, for taking the time, and uh, you know your. Uh, you've you've got tons of experience, so we're uh, very excited to to hear all the things you had to say. So we appreciate you taking the time today.
4: Thank you, guys. Uh, I really appreciate um, uh, giving me the time. Yep. Thank yeah, thank you.
1: Happy to do it. And uh, stay tuned. We're gonna get to the news in just a second after this quick break here on Technato with
2: Don Pizette. Do you know what's better than being an IT Pro TV member? Being a member for free. Hi, I'm Don Pizette, co-founder and edutainer here at IT Pro TV. Once you sign up for an TV Personal Membership subscription, you'll automatically be part of our referral program. Then all you have to do is share your personal referral link and code with your friends and colleagues. Every time one signs up, you get money off your subscription. Sign up enough and your membership is free. That's right, access to all your favorite IT training, totally free. Kind of feels like stealing, doesn't it? Check out the link below to learn how to get your code and start sharing today. Welcome back to
1: Technata with Don Pazette and thank you so much to Balaji Parimi from CloudNox, cloudnox.io. Check it out. Uh, but we also have a lot of news to check out today, a lot of security stuff, uh, a lot of fun things. So let's jump right in at the Register.com, Microsoft submits Linux kernel patches for a complete virtualization stack with Linux and Hyper-V. Linux on Azure might no longer need Windows. So, I mean, we're... We've been talking about kind of the move to uh, Linux with Microsoft for a while, but I mean, are we just done now with Windows completely?
2: I think we are getting really close. And, you know, if we get in our way back machine, back at the end of 2018, I predicted that we would have a Microsoft Linux in 2019. Uh, I was wrong, so that didn't happen. Uh, So then I doubled down and ran with that prediction for 2020 as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have released WSL2, which is a version of Linux that uses a kernel that is maintained and supported by Microsoft, although most of the work's done by Canonical. Uh, So we're really, really close. This is about as close as we can actually get to having Microsoft Linux without actually having it. So you'll have the Hyper-V hypervisor that's running on bare metal. And then instead of Windows being the host OS... You'll have Linux. Linux will be the host OS running on top of Hyper V, and then you'll be able to have virtual machines on top of that. It means you can actually have a full Linux stack without Windows.
3: So Justin and I were actually talking about this before the podcast, and we were like, "Why are they they keep removing the barriers from me to going back to a Windows-based system or now a." windows linux basis because i'm i can just run linux basically at this point and it's
0: awesome so don do you think this is going to be something where in the data center they go with a full linux thing and then they still keep like windows 10 for consumer because just got that windows computer i set up wsl2 i was like i got all the tools that i've been wanting from a linux machine i don't have to do anything else it is you think that's how they're going to go
2: Well, I I think what they're doing is turning Hyper-V into its own product. Like they've had the HVS, the Hyper-V server standalone edition for a while where it had the uh, Windows Core OS that was managing it and had all sorts of limitations. So now we don't know exactly how they're going to position this yet, but it sounds like it's going to be something free to make Hyper-V a competitor for, you know, like right now, if you want to run Zen or KVM, you can do that. It's open source. You can run VirtualBox, but it needs a host OS of some sort to sit on top of or ESX, which is running on top of Linux. So here Hyper-V now becomes much more of a competitor to be able to run on your bare metal, you stick your other OSs on top. So I think they're trying to be more competitive with their virtualization and they know that Microsoft Azure is fully built on top of Hyper-V, but they're launching more Linux machines than they are Windows machines. So I think this is their way of flagging us that, Hey, Windows Server OS is on the way out. You can already run Microsoft SQL on top of Linux. They're porting more products over to Linux. Uh, We're still missing the Active Directory piece, so we don't have that. But, uh, you know, if you're using Azure AD, you don't actually need it running on an instance. And so uh, I think Windows Server is on the way out. It's funny. Adam's probably going to have to
3: give you an apology because I remember us having that conversation in the lobby one day and you were saying, I predict this is how it's going (laughs) to go. And Adam's like, no way. Never going to happen. It's just that's not how it works. I'm like. I don't know, I think Don might be on something, and now here this we are. Is, this, this is Adam is, Gordon,
1: IT, yeah. Pro TV edutainer. Yeah. The,
0: uh, from a perspective of, of Hyper-V, you know, I've used a couple of different virtualization, not necessarily <laughs> something like Xen or KVM, but why why is Microsoft saying, I'm, I'm going to build this again? It seems like there were some solutions already there. Why are they making this their own product? Is it just so they can have control over it, or was it the Windows piece or what?
2: I think it's because they already had it, right? So like AWS is built on top of Zen and KVM. So they just took an open source hypervisor and that's what they used to build AWS. Uh, Google Cloud does the same. Uh, VMware, you know, they they have their own hypervisor, but they haven't made headway in the cloud. So with Microsoft, they were already using Hyper-V to power Azure. So now they're basically just spinning it out to be a product. So what's going on here is in order for an operating system to be the host for Hyper-V, it has to be able to manage certain aspects. And so Microsoft has submitted a bunch of kernel patches to make it where the Linux kernel will have it built in. That'll free us up to be able to pick and choose between Linux distros to be the host OS on top of Hyper-V. It's, I think this is work that really helps them internally that then becomes a product they sell outside.
1: Yeah, and there was a uh, a cool graph on this article that actually kind of lays out the architecture that help you understand it a little bit because I know it kind of gets confusing for for me definitely when we're like all right, well this is running on the bare metal and this is virtual on top of this and that. So uh, to kind of see that architecture uh, helps you understand it. So check that out over at theregister.com. dot com. But very, very close to I I, th- I thought COVID would would take Don's prediction and, and make <laughs> it not a thing anymore, <laughs> but
2: uh... Don can't be stopped. Yeah. <laughs> And if I am, I just push it off to the next year. That's right. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's well, the baby. Nostradamus of <laughs> IT. They <are> so slow.
0: <laughs> If he makes enough predictions, statistics <laughs> says he's got to be right.
1: That's right. I believe that's how it works. Yeah. All right. Well, let's check out our next article. It's over at ArsTechnica.com. We found out who makes Walmart's new Gateway laptops, and it's bad news. We'll I never expected guesses. it to be good news. One hint. <laughs> Extra virgin olive oil. So, the mafia? I believe it's the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the
3: Corleone family that making gateway
1: reference to the
3: Costanox or whatever it is called. Uh, Costanostra? Is that what Yeah.
1: Yeah. so, Don, uh, those were our guesses. Are we, are we right? Uh,
2: no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. No. So, uh, so anyhow, I'm um, to <laughs> so get my mind right. I like how that got you. There was a time, <laughs> right, back in probably. Probably like 1995 through 2000, where Gateway made like the highest quality home PCs and even business PCs, right? You know, people would get the box with the cow print on it. And, oh, that's and how you know it's quality. They, yeah, they were, they were considered the best. If you, you know, money was no object, you wanted the best computer, you'd buy a Gateway. And the brand kind of collapsed over the years, whereas like Dell continued to grow, Gateway did not. Uh, and years ago, they were acquired by Acer. Uh, Acer, which was known for making cheap computers, acquired the Gateway brand. Well, the brand kind of disappeared for a long time. I haven't seen them, and Walmart recently relaunched a series of laptops with the Gateway brand on them. So there was some debate, hey, is this going to be quality computing again? Are they going to try and get this brand to be what it what it could have been? Uh, and the short answer is basically no, uh, a company called EVOO, E-V-O-O. So that's, I guess, the extra virgin olive oil uh, reference. Uh. Um, so EVOO is making these, and uh, Ars Technica done a review on them last year, and they're absolute pieces of trash. <laughs> and so uh, I think that the new gateway is going to be like the old Packard Bell, um, and so these are junk. So if you are waxing nostalgic and remembering your gateway and you see one of these things available resist the temptation and don't buy it the packard bell was actually my first uh my family's first computer for a lot
1: of people it was yeah, yeah. that's a great one i'm waiting for the tandy uh, <laughs> to be re-released it's
3: funny i remember like in the you know mid to late 90s i guess it was i would get that gateway catalog in the mail and just be drooling over mm-hmm. these machines like oh man this is so amazing oh look at the specs on this thing as they they were super awesome and it's just like lit that fire underneath me to want to really be a part of IT or whatever. And now it's like, this is the worst garbage you could buy. you know. Yep. And for some reason, they make extra virgin olive oil to go with it. I mean, it's a weird company, but hey, you got to yep. diversify, I that guess.
1: was just saying, I read this entire article and I did not get the extra virgin olive oil E-V-O. reference. It, it was a little oh, bit of a stretch. Yeah, I was yeah, like,
0: yeah. Um, burger, uh, we're, we're, I was thinking of brands of extra virgin olive oil. <laughs> <Yeah>. For some <laughs> reason, I just imagine gateway computers being assembled next to cold press Virgin olive oil, <laughs> like giant, like food augers, and they're like, "All right, Bill, bring over the, the CPUs. We got to put them in yeah. while the the olive oil's cooking."
3: That's right. It's what we're using for thermal paste.
2: Well, yeah, it's, the th- the Corleone company, wasn't it? Genco, uh, Genco olive oil. I, what Genco what was. Was. I think that's what it was.
1: Was that what they did?
2: Yeah, that was the, that was the front. Was the, the olive oil funny. company? Yeah. Um.
1: Well, I, it looks like the the prices match the quality because uh, they've got a, a, a lineup here of, of the different ones, and they start at $180.
0: Do I at least get a cow print on the outside of it? You uh, do. It's got you, a little, yeah. yeah.
1: I don't know if the box still has it, but there is the logo looks exactly the same on top of the laptop, so it look, looks yeah. like they just took a, took a pair of pliers and ripped that <laughs> EVU logo <laughs> off. Hey,
0: what you don't know is it's a Pentium II. <laughs> it's inside of there, yeah.
1: but
2: it's running Linux. the The high <laughs> so end one screen. is a 15.6 inch screen with an Intel i5, eight gigs of RAM, 256 gigs of storage. Doesn't say if that's spinning or SSD, and it's priced at a thousand bucks. So that, that's the high, high end one. Yeah. yeah,
0: they are high. They are high. <laughs> Not only on price, but oh. on their own Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well,
2: all right, so do That's not That's the part we out. don't see, is like these laptops are coming over from China with bags of heroin in them, yeah. and then they're yeah. selling the yeah. laptops. You're like, I
0: didn't know these still came with <laughs> optical distro. That is a bunch yeah. of coke. So do not
1: lick your new computer. Yeah. You're not sure what it is. It's
0: actually covered in Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
3: cow patties. What was it? The uh, uh, thing said, uh, umbrella plant make vision go burr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, All right. Yeah, so don't (laughs) run out and buy one of
1: those thinking it is uh, the gateway of old. Uh, By
0: the way, anybody listening thinks (laughs) any of those things are true? Stop.
3: It's probably eating those umbrella plates. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I can see it's getting a strongly worded leather block I've been licking the piss out of this gateway and I still ain't hot. Uh, so,
3: <laughs> it's it's got mushrooms, heroin, and piss in it. <laughs> for I call shenanigans. It would have to have a lot of mushrooms yeah. and heroin. No wonder they don't run well. <laughs>
1: uh, the thermal properties on all these are bad. Go to, go to Walmart and ask for the two key uh, low <laughs> uh gateway You're like where,
0: where do you keep that yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you
3: shorten me some there son <laughs> it's, it's, it's i know what light. two keys a bang yeah. bang feels <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> this is a battery you skimming
0: off the top <laughs> yeah mm-hmm.
1: all right our next article is over at slash dot dot org. fbi says credential stuffing attacks are behind some recent bank hacks no um, yeah it could be so I, I know that term, but can, can you kind of give me a little bit of a, I don't know, Daniel, maybe, like what exactly is credential stuffing? Credential like
3: stuffing is when you have a golden turkey and you fill it full of creds, <laughs> right, and you stick it <laughs> in the oven on 450 for three hours, you're good to go. And you have a pre-cooked yeah. one, and boom, there <laughs> it is. That's amazing. No, credential stuffing is where, so let's say we've had a data breach, or there are data breaches in the wild, and there's those horrible people out there selling the information that they found from those data breaches on the dark webs there. So I buy, let's say, a thousand credentials. And then I say, well, I wonder what the likelihood it is that one of these people that I have the credentials to use those credentials somewhere else, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, so on and so forth, right? So I know I have good credentials for one thing, but it's a pretty good possibility that they reuse this somewhere else. I do that, I take all those creds, I throw it at each one of those interfaces and see if anything works. So it's great because you don't really get hit with things like fail to ban because I'm not trying a brute force mechanism against a single user. I'm trying known good credentials against known applications. Okay. And hopefully some of those work.
1: That's why I put a different number
3: after my dog's name on each site. Yeah, yeah. that's a good idea yeah. if you like not security.
1: I yeah. <laughs> do not like security. So uh, there were some recent bank hacks, and I, I
2: are these things we reported on, or are these mm, maybe? They're a little vague. They're just saying the FBI is accrediting this to a number of different attacks, and it really is just a reminder that password reuse is your biggest enemy, right? Uh, You just have to assume that some of the services you're using are going to get breached. Some of them are going to get breached, and you don't even hear about it. They don't report it, right, which they're not supposed to do, but they don't. So in those scenarios, if you're using the same password in more than one place, that's where credential stuffing wins, that's when you know they they hack into your fantasy football league, get your creds, and then go and use that against your company VPN. And so now, what turned out to be a non consequential thing, what do I care about my fantasy football league? Now becomes, ooh, they just broke into the workplace using my credentials. I'm gonna lose my job. So, you know, you have to use whatever it takes to make sure you don't reuse passwords. Password managers are the easiest way to do that. You know, like I use LastPass. That makes sure that I don't use the same password. Anywhere in, in more than one place. So the
0: only downside I can see to last pass is if I ever get kidnapped and held at gunpoint or somebody's threatened to beat all my fingers off with a <laughs> hammer and they're like, tell me what your password is, I'm like, bro, you're not going to believe this. I have no clue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you be like, what do you mean you have no clue? I'm like, it's 36 random characters. I have no idea Bring what Bring me
3: is. a boggle. Board. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I also, share. Peter,
0: you should change your fantasy football password. Well, and this also yeah, like you can have it highlights
3: the point. idea of using multi-factor as well, right? If you have multi-factor, it doesn't matter yeah. if they have your credentials.
2: you got to have the second factor or you're not getting anywhere. You know, I have thought about it. Like mm-hmm. on, on my home security system, there's two passwords. Mm-hmm. So if the alarm ever goes off and they call to see if I'm okay, there's one password I can give that says, yeah, I'm okay. Sorry, we screwed up and set off the alarm. Right. But there's a second password we can give which says, Hey, I'm I'm not okay. Please send the SWAT team, right? <laughs> and so, if somebody were holding you at gunpoint, you can give the second password, and then it you know still works, still sets the alarm off. So I always thought LastPass and services should have Set that, that up. A yeah. second password that shows like fake creds or something. Because I hope you you know your LastPass password, Justin, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have last to
3: know your LastPass password. Yeah. So
0: I'll, I. I have it on good authority. It didn't happen to me. Wink, wink. Um, So, uh, Asking for a friend. Right. So I had a a previous company, LastPass, to keep things separate. And I didn't use it very often, but um, just because of the nature of of the work. And one day, you know how LastPass will periodically log you out and go, hey, you need to supply your password. So I had changed computers Uh between the last time. There is no way to get in there. Nope. FYI. It's so if like you forget your pass <laughs> password and you don't have a device that you've ever logged in on, yeah, you, yeah, you just go ahead and write that off. Yep. Yeah. It, it's wow. over. Yeah. And then they were like, do you want us to delete your account? I was like, yeah. And then they asked me a question. I was like, I don't know the answer to that. They're like, well, we can't delete your account either. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, crap. You're going to oh. still out there. Keep data that's irrelevant at this point. <laughs> yeah. So, um I do know my LastPass password, and uh, I do not use it anywhere else. And it is very long.
1: That's why I write it down. Put it right in the wallet. That's nope. right. On not written the, down uh, anywhere. On the post-it, on the mirror at home. It's my pet's name, it's so all. I never forget it. And the current year.
3: <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> and by the way, I don't
1: think my fantasy football team was hacked uh, because Saquon Barkley uh, tearing his ACL in the second game of the season is not a hack. Um,
3: <laughs> Who is <laughs> so a hack? That's called. So he,
0: My second round Or my second overall pick Is out. So he was a beast With a torn ACL He's a He's He's not a beast Yeah (laughs) They don't give any points for that
3: Didn't that happen to like Bo Jackson He was like this Rampaging monster on the field And all of a sudden He got his leg hurt or something That was the end of him in fantasy football, you should
2: get points for like injury, the, the, severity, like the severity of the injury, injury, and yeah, and like <laughs> points you can like amortize over the weeks. Then
0: yeah, like blood sports, like oh blood bonus. Oh, plus I
3: feel like if you're gonna call it fantasy football league, I should be able to use my imagination and be like, I want God on my team. Yeah. <laughs> give, me, give me a twenty-sided die. I'm yeah, gonna fix this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right, our next article is over at zdnet.com. Uh, zero logon attack lets hackers take over enterprise networks. Patch now. Microsoft <laughs> patches one of the most severe bugs ever reported to the company. Now, is this like a, a last pass? So the way you
0: said that is that like an infomercial. <laughs> <laughs> you better patch if, now. And if you patch
1: now, we'll throw in a second zero logon account <laughs> that the hackers also have. There already. is
2: actually another patch coming out for a zero logon. <laughs> so this one this headline in different forms has been on every single news site because it's a huge exploit that's available uh, that basically allows an attacker access to your active directory and that's bad because if they're able to compromise that they can then compromise everything throughout your entire network this is bad and they are calling it the most severe bug uh, reported by Microsoft in over a decade so oh, it's so, a huge deal so zero login is the name of the the
1: bug I thought that was like a company too like Oh, last pass. No, I've got zero
3: logon.
0: <laughs> zero passwords. Logon. Yeah. yeah, I'm That's like, i going to check got. my bank account.
2: No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> zero. Uh, what an idea. Out. Like, I should open up a company called Spectre and Meltdown <laughs> Attorneys at Law, right? And, and you know, what, what yeah. kind of SEO yeah. would you get on that? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of other lot. stuff you're going to Are we going to win on. your case? I don't know, but we'll corrupt the court system. <laughs> All right, so uh, Daniel, I'm assuming you've read more about this. Is this, I, I, they say we need to worry about it. Is this an insider-only type attack or is this a big deal?
3: Yeah, um, so you do have to have inside, that is like the big caveat to this thing. Right? It's not like you can be an external attacker, come in and be like, oh, I got zero log on, look at me go. You already have to have compromised the, the internal network in some way, shape or form. Now, that being said, there are ways to do that that's not as difficult as some sort of like other weird hack that would give you... I mean, that's not that that's not possible, but maybe you walk into the lobby and there's a port right there. Oddly enough, those things
2: occur. Or you credential stuff the VPN. Or you
3: credential stuff the or, VPN. Or you <laughs> uh, specter and meltdown attorneys at law yeah. come to serve a subpoena. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I need to check my email. Is that port free? Cool. And uh, so you do need to have that internal access. But once you're there, you're able to basically tell the system, I am whoever I feel like being <laughs> today, uh, whatever computer account I feel like being, and give me that level of access. So it they labeled it as a severity of full-on 10. you know, I think of that scene from um, Varsity Blues, Give it a ten. He's, he's a tan. A tan. Freaking tan. Right? Yeah. So I love it, because though. it is a bit. It's a big problem. So if they if they're able to get this far. The good news is that Microsoft does already have the patch out. Or well, they have basically a band-aid for this at this point in time. They are working on a full on put let's 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 stick some spackle in this and make the crack go away. Paint over it. Uh, but they do expect it to oh, break to break a lot of yeah, not your butt crack. So,
0: do not smoke. So spackle. for some reason, the way you're describing this, it's you just got your femoral artery sliced. And then someone's Sticks over some there spackle. with a with a yeah. tiny knuckle band-aid going, uh, oh, we're gonna patch your shit yeah, that's, up real quick. That's a good way of thinking about it. And, yeah. and then they come over with quick dry spackle and slap it in there. No,
2: don't do He's that, safe. I did hear that uh, Mitre was reevaluating their scoring system because this one might go to eleven. Oh it's the old uh, spinal tap. Yeah, yeah.
3: Why nice. not just make it the highest severity 10? Don't, no. you, don't you understand? I don't think you understand. It, yeah, it, yeah, it's 11. I'm it disappointed 11. you didn't use a British accent there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're culturally sensitive yeah.
1: around the So this is. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but seriously, all that spackle in your femoral artery? <laughs> just get that right. Ar- <laughs> Spackling, it doubles as styptic powder. I don't yeah, know if you know. It this. do that, wouldn't it? Uh, By the way, that's not real first aid. That is like fifth aid. No, yeah. that's where you use PVC glue. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, even if you still bleed to death, yeah. you just put that in the bag and huff it. You yeah, I was it. gonna say little snip for me. Burns <laughs> like Lug a mother too. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Uh, anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> so, by the way, Justin's been over there with an open can of PVC glue. <laughs> I looked
1: up. It's called zero login, uh, zero logon, because it the attack is done by adding zero characters Correct. in certain net logon. Uh, authentication parameters. And there's a graph on this great ZDNet article that shows how it's done. So you know, it's basically so, the anarchist cookbook here yeah. on ZDNet. So, ZDNet. so you're actually adding
0: zeros <laughs> for the way you were like zero characters. I was like, so you don't add anything? I don't I misunderstood what you said.
2: Yep. And then you know they're able to like repeat this over and over again. So they target one credential and then I think they said it was an average of two hundred and fifty six attempts mm. before they were able to gain access to an account. So that's, that's pretty fast. That's fast. Yeah.
3: That's that's yeah. scary. Yes. Yeah. Like but that if, right there just makes you go, just shut it all off. Yeah. <laughs> just so, shut this shit
0: down. <laughs> <laughs> programmatically, programmatically you're like, Oh, it just happened. I just got in. Yeah, like it's it's that's blink yeah. of an yeah. eye. That's blink of an eye yeah. fast.
2: Yeah. Remember the beginning of the pandemic where everybody was selling out of toilet paper, you couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. Now with this, everybody's going to sell out of paper and pencils. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's yeah. Just going back. That's yeah. It. Yeah. yeah.
0: There's Actually, a bunch of there's a bunch of sysadmins just packing their server room full. <laughs> of, uh, you think right. I like being a truck
3: driver? <laughs> that <think I> <laughs> truck Is looking good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it is. If you're using
0: an Evu uh, Gateway computer, though, this takes about four hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't Because yeah. that Pentium 2 is churning you've got a light bullet paper on fire to feed it. (laughs) Yeah, keep stoking the fire. I'm running
1: out of computing power here.
0: All right, our next
1: article is over at ThreatPost.com. Mozzie Botnet accounts for majority of IoT traffic. Yep. So here I assumed the majority of (laughs) IoT traffic was... You know your fridge telling you, "Hey, we're out of butter." Oh, um, it is. <laughs>
0: oh, it is. It's also saying, "Hey, look, I have an unsecured connection right here. Come okay. yeah. on in."
1: Yeah, yeah. The, we're out of butter and
0: Bitcoin and <laughs> yeah. yeah. Essentially. oh look what Peter's doing in the uh, kitchen. Yeah.
2: What? So when I saw this headline, I thought, "Oh wow!" So like the the botnet traffic has crossed this like 51 percent threshold. No, no. It's 90 percent <laughs> of observed IoT, IOT traffic. traffic. Yeah is this one botnet. Like <laughs> not not like multiple botnet, yeah. not all malware. So like the other ten percent could still is be the nine point nine b- percent <laughs> other botnets. Yeah, yeah. botnet. It's
0: it's not mozzy botnet, yeah. it's Fuzzy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: Oh, waka waka. It's like, man, we should nice. use this this uh, IoT stuff for something else because all we do is botnets with it. <laughs> it's like it's like the
2: Gallagher brothers, right? So ninety percent of the time you get one smashing watermelons, and the other gallon, time it's you uh, get the other one smashing yeah. watermelons. Yeah, <laughs> Were we talking Oasis. about that on the
1: air or off the air? Off the air. Okay, okay. The air. Like, <laughs> that callback is confusing. Yeah. 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 Uh,
0: I was here for the. Yeah. Discussion. By the way, if you don't know, you should go reach out the Gall- <laughs> and research the Gallagher brothers. Crazy stuff. Anyway,
3: well, not uh, the Oasis Gallagher brothers. No, the other watermelon. Well, that's crazy too. Yeah, that's great. kind of nuts as well. <laughs> <laughs> crazy
0: stuff. But in, you know what's sad is when I read this, I'm only kind of surprised that... I mean, 90% that, though, man. Yeah, but, but just like, like the Foscam the, FOS cam the 70, other day. Yeah. The Foscam the other day, you're like, hey, look, it has Telnet on it. And just turn it on. And it's, oh, yeah. like, it's like they're not even trying to some extent. Just take that off. Yeah. Now,
3: wh- why is this not a bigger deal?
0: Well, uh, because uh, they're
3: uh, like, you can't get to this. I mean, this... It's, all you can get to is it's like, nah. So it's funny, when I turn that thing on, uh, if people at home are going, what the hell are they talking about? Uh, we have a FOSCAM here. Peter has forever been talking about me hacking a FOSCAM. So yeah, which like, is one of those little home uh, right. PTZ cameras. Little, little yeah. IP camera. So I cracked into it the other day. I was just looking around the interface. I'm like, network time man, that feels rife with a (laughs) command injection. So I start reading some documentation about how people have hacked. I'm like, oh, there it is. Yep, right there was where it was. And it's running a piece of software that allows you to perform different types of services. One of them is telnets, And you just say, hey, turn Telnet on.
0: Like and Justin's going, why is that there? Like, just take it off because it was deactivated and yeah. Like, spend ten minutes to uninstall it.
3: Listen, I ain't got that kind of time. (laughs) I gotta crank these PTZ cameras out. But
0: but now you have horrible like like backlash, and 90% of your traffic is not even actual paying customers, it's a botnet. <laughs> but is the issue that it's not costing these companies money? Like, FOSCAM isn't
1: paying
2: for the, the traffic, or so it's not
1: their issue as far as they so think? So, I,
2: I debate how big of a problem this actually is, because you know how any chart or table, any statistic can be manipulated to make it look worse. You can adjust scaling and so on. So, what they're saying here is 90% of observed traffic flowing to and from IoT devices. Well... A normal iot device so like i have a nest thermostat at home right so what traffic is it sending and receiving maybe every five minutes or so it's sending the current temperature in my home up to google and then every so often google is pushing a message if there's an update right so very small amounts of traffic but if an attacker takes over an iot device what are they going to do they're going to start trying to spread to other devices so constant scans they're going to exfiltrate data if they can maybe even bring up ssh tunnels so A compromised device generates way more traffic than a non-compromised device. So I think 90% of observed traffic doesn't mean 90% of IoT devices. Mm -hmm. I think that it could be as small as like 10% of IoT devices that are hacked, but they're generating just way more traffic than what you normally see. That would be my guess.
3: That makes me want to like, it feels like everybody should just in their day-to-day life, like the companies that create their home modems and routers and whatnot, put a spanning port on there so you can just kind of look and see how much traffic and where it's coming from, get that visualization. So you can see, why is my Roku talking to the world so much? And I'm not watching
0: television. It it (laughs) makes me want to put all my IoT stuff in a box and set it on fire and go build a small, tiny shed. (laughs) It'll catch fire on its (laughs) own. Shoot airplanes.
1: Yeah, if it's running that many processes, the the thermostat will just (laughs) ignite eventually, I think. I don't think there's like a big heat sink on it. Now,
2: there is a solution to this. uh, Actually, a solution to all these security things that we talk about. Like on uh, on a desktop, you can do whitelisting of applications. So only whitelisted applications are allowed to run. On your network, you can do outbound firewall rules. So outbound traffic is only allowed from these devices to these destinations. The problem is it's just a lot of work. It's a ton of work because if the Roku is connecting to Netflix and Amazon Prime Video and so on, yep. yeah, how do you know what to open? It's a pain in the butt. So that, I think, is an area we could make a big difference in. If we came up with some better system for companies to report, here's the IPs and ports that you need to connect to so that our firewalls can react to that, we could have just well, way better network security. Well, they, they, they're enough? not
3: going to give that kind of information out because then they got to reveal the fact that they're… Spying on yeah, you like constantly, but,
0: but couldn't this be one of the systems, uh, like one of the self-reporting kind of self-moderating systems? Man, I'm trying to think of an example because recently I set up a firewall at the house, just you know playing around, trying to learn some new things, and also I, I've gotten a little paranoid over the years. Um, <laughs> but one day Hulu stopped working, and just I was like, wow! And so I like uninstall all the apps and everything. I was like, that's weird, and I forgot that I had. Um, my firewall had a bunch of ad blockers oh. uh, and Hulu had changed something and that was part of the domains that were being blocked. So I had to go and like back, back off that.
1: Wait, when that was working, were you actually able to block the ads in Hulu with your ad So blocker? I
0: couldn't block the ads in Hulu. I think it just changed the, the oh, network. Yeah. And so like Hulu was like, well, if you can't see ads, then you can't watch it. <laughs> we got to fix that.
3: Yeah. I, I remember the first time I ran into that kind of problem, I had a it was like an X, I think it was my first Xbox 360. I didn't want to connect it to the internet when I first got it. I wanted to use it as like a media center and I, I couldn't get it to work. I'm like, why is this function not working? So I called Microsoft support and they were like, well, you got to con- connect it to the internet. I'm like, I, I shouldn't have to, connect. I just got it on an internal network. It should work fine. They're like, no, you got to connect it to the internet. I'm like, why do I need to connect it to the internet? Because this won't work unless
0: you do that. I go, well, there you go.
3: Asshole. <laughs> I see what you. you're trying to do. <laughs> so
0: I've even I've talked to a couple of people in the office, and they've tried to do that with some IP cameras, just so they have it internal, and then yeah. black hole all the things that are calling out. And a couple of the cameras that they've tried, it like the cameras just stop working. Like yeah. Period. They're like, oh no, if I can't call home, just turn off. Dan, you know that Google's sitting listening right now, going.
1: Don thinks that, that the nest only checks every five minutes. With it's like,
0: I've drove his car at night. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 can, I can give you a full transcript of everything he said last uh, night. Uh, uh, sure, uh, Mr. Done. Google yeah. Spy Man, can you read back the minutes?
1: <laughs> yeah, we're <I've> been <laughs> arguing with my wife here, and uh, she says she didn't say yeah, that. But well, I'm pretty it, sure it. she Alexa did. Alexa knows. Yeah.
3: Alexa, what did I just say six times? <laughs> well,
1: the, uh, the big news that we have um, to discuss... Justin, do you want to tell us? Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about, That's so anti climactic <laughs> And there's no news at the end of it.
0: So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so Justin, you're leaving us? Uh, I, am, I am making a change, yes. Okay. I, I don't know how this going to No, is I don't care about out. the company thing. I'm talking about TechNado. No, I, I don't know how TechNado is going to play out, if, if at all possible. I, it would be nice to, to come back and, and still be around but uh, I have to figure out some logistics. I think you're kind of
1: moving to the role of, like, wasn't it, was it Steve Martin that was never on SNL? He was just like a, uh, you it's know, like he was on all the cast time. Or Chevy Chase, or one of those guys was just like there all the time. You can <laughs> hang out here anytime <laughs> yeah. you want.
0: Uh, Justin lives in, in, in the, like the <laughs> bathroom. Stu- yeah, in the bathroom. By the fan there.
3: He's in Studio 7, curled up next to his
0: Gooch fan. <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm like, this is my fan. <laughs> There are many like it, but this one is mine. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so uh, we'll have to see how the future plays out. I suspect I will be absent at least for, you know, a couple of weeks,
2: if not longer. We're going to see less of Justin for a while, so that means things are going to get... Boring it? Uh, Yeah <laughs> They're Probably a little more cognizant <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know I don't know. So.
0: I think Maybe we just record Just random quips From me. Like that's crazy <laughs> Yeah Justin will be here in spirit You, you remember uh y- Y'all played Mortal Kombat When you were a little right? oh, yeah. Yeah. You remember, oh yeah You remember Oh yeah I thought it was just have, Uh Yeah was it, I think Toasty, toasty was too I don't know oh, Whatever t- It was a bunch of random <laughs> They should just be me Just <laughs> pop in and, Toasty Just a little head pop in <laughs> Yeah
1: there were there were several times today where I was wishing it was Daniel that was going, but <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh-oh, uh-oh. Hey, uh oh, hey yeah, but uh-oh. as far as the, are your, hey, uh, in, Daniel, you
3: go ahead and uh, get on to the next thing. I'm gonna give you a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, hey, you got one of those foscams at home, right? <laughs> <laughs> go
0: to go. I think, slash yeah. room. <laughs> I think you know that. Peter's living room.
3: I see it moving around yeah. at night sometimes. <laughs> 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 That's the problem with
0: the Where PTZ camera. Where is
3: Peter at today? <laughs> like oh, times, Peter, your mother's watching this. <laughs> if I've had
1: workers over at my house before, and I, when I had the foscam, yeah. I was using that because now it's in a drawer. Um, you know, I'd be like all right, I want to turn it and look at that guy and see what he's doing now, but I know it's going to make noise. <laughs> he's oh, going to look it's like, see, rrr, rrr, just going kind to of scoot it over. When you said drive. that, my,
0: my mind went, make it as creepy as all. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wanted to just turn it like, and look at it and look at that dude go, <laughs> mm-hmm. you should put like a wig around <laughs> it
3: with a little pair of
0: lips. And so it's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's the female gremlin. Yeah, yeah. Right
3: yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> the female
0: g-
2: I was thinking more like Tom Servo from an ST3K uh, ball yeah. machine. There's
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of weird noises happening right now, but we'll uh, record all those and keep uh, those as, as Justin yeah. sounds as well. Yeah. Uh, hey, we've got something big coming up, the Hangover, the enterprise IT post-COVID uh, with Twit TV. We're doing that on Thursday, October 1st, 2020. Uh, Don is one of the panelists, along with Leo Laporte, Steve Gibson, and Amy Webb, so that is very exciting. If you want to learn more about that, head over to go.itpro.tv slash the-hangover, and you can learn all about that, and it's, like I said, going to be live on the Twit Network Thursday, October 1st, 6 p.m. Eastern time, so you can watch it over there. Very exciting. Also, uh, have some webinars coming up. Um, I know we're, gonna, we're actually going to look at the FOSCAM, right, or do some live hacking? yeah. Something like that. You want to
3: you host that? Yeah, that'd be fun. That would be fun. Because you've talked so much about it. It would be funny <laughs> after you asked the host. Yes. Yeah. We're gonna, so much about it. like, you can't get into this camera. We're going to talk a little more about the IoT business, and we're going to hack the Foss cam so you can see what that looks like and see why that's having IoT is a dangerous thing. But we got to do some preventative measures if we're going to have those conveniences in our lives, so right, it, it's do. funny.
0: I'm thinking about IoT. I have convinced several people in the office to, to not. not buy IoT devices. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, you don't want that. They're like, why not? And I'm like, well, let me show you. And then, <laughs> and then I show them. They go, you're right. I don't, take that out of the cart. <laughs> yeah, throwing <There's laughs> <someone laughs> nest cameras <laughs> you know. at the floor. I, I, I'm pretty sure I might get sued because somebody's like, oh, you're using your knowledge for to get rid of all of our sales. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hire Spectre and meltdown attorney at law. <laughs> <laughs> Justin is now an influencer. Yeah. Please know.
1: All right. Uh, I don't have a date on that one yet, but just head over to itpro.tv slash webinars, and there, you, there you can get all the information on the past webinars, future webinars. Uh, and all of that and see the ones that are archived my like
3: paper says october the 8th october the 8th there it's you go that'll 2 be PM, Easter a Saturday
1: thursday time. at 2 p.m yeah um the one ronnie did just last week the buzz about intent-based networking is now up that you can see the recording of that and check it out and uh enjoy all the fun from that also we got a cloud-free weekend coming up on september 19th and that was last weekend that was last week. <laughs> <That laughs> yeah, so if here. you were there, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna cut that part out uh, in post. So Peter had a, cut. one of those funny umbrella
3: plants. <laughs> it makes a vision Gober. No, I'm just gonna say it was
1: a great weekend, and I, I'm sure everyone enjoyed it. And I if don't want to say bread, thank but. you. Email us. <laughs> <laughs> and if you missed it, we we do a, a free weekend once a month, so you can check out some IT Pro TV training for free. And uh, we got, what, CertainX is coming up in November. I got some other cool stuff, so we'll keep you posted on that. Uh, and finally, head over to go.itpro.tv slash technado where you can get a 20% or 30% off. Well, I, we're, we're going to 30 now. We're yeah. doing 30% off coupon code. <laughs> Jurgens 30. Yeah, Name just, your own discount. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the code, Justin. That is not the code. Uh,
0: right. For an extra 10%, Kleenex <laughs> 10. Uh, all, okay. right. <laughs> all right. <laughs>
2: So, yeah. That's go a throwback right. uh, to the first episode yeah. of the reboot. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Go.itpro.tv slash technado. I'm surprised Anthony Sequeira stayed with, with <laughs> to be after that episode, but, but he sure did. Um, Justin, I feel like every week there's something that you're like, nope, not going to say that, could get fired. So now is the chance. Anything you want well,
0: to tell me? Well, anyway? no. I figure if I come back, then that's off the table, right? <laughs> but I if mean... you don't, if
1: you don't technically work here, we're not yeah. paying you. Yeah. You can say whatever you want. Just like, <laughs> does
3: this look like cancer? <laughs> like, Justin, stop! Oh, oh turn back around. Uh, oh, but
0: we're gonna get flagged on YouTube uh, again, again. Yeah. again,
3: yeah. Like I'm flagging us on YouTube. That
0: one. <laughs> so just thinking back,
1: was this episode for kids?
0: No, heroin and gateway computers. No, nope. yeah, okay. we were talking about licking the piss out of computers. Uh, okay. <laughs> or All right, I was. Good to know.
1: <laughs> all right, well, uh, well, thank you, Justin. Uh, again, you know, I know that everybody's that been talking like I'm gonna die. <laughs> uh,
3: you are, yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, eventually, yeah. Everyone we are all dying, yeah. technically, I
0: guess.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, you well, know, this isn't necessarily down. your last episode, but it's your last uh, official episode where you're in the intro. So I'm gonna
0: have to edit you out. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would get too premature on that, Peter.
2: Uh. I think he's already done it. Yeah. I think he's it's already. Uh, I can't do it, it again. It <laughs> Peter's like, yay, I finally <laughs> get to take him out. <laughs> I, I
1: have a version already I made with Daniel out of it.
0: You <laughs> just struck out my name and put Daniel out. Of it. <laughs> uh, that's not Daniel. No, no, I know. We were strapped for time for this <laughs> intro. Yeah, we'll figure it out.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much. And thanks, all of you, for watching. We'll see you next week right here on TechNado with Don Pizzette.